over you. And if there are those that would like just to lay hands or just extend a hand as we pray for them as they leave November 2nd for El Salvador, uh, please join me in doing so. So um, we're excited about this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, now, Tommy, is this your first time? My first time. First time leaving the country or yeah. going to El Salvador? Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> But it's uh, quite remarkable, the opportunities God provides, and uh, we're just so excited to join you in prayer and for this. So, uh, Jesus, we thank you that you always call us to be your witnesses. But, Jesus, we thank you that you go before us, that you reside within us, and we can remain and rest and find peace in you. And so, Father, we just pray for this trip to El Salvador. We pray that you would continue to prepare hearts for those that will receive the message of your salvation, of your goodness, of your truth. Father, we pray for those on the trip as they get tired, as they might get frustrated, that you would be in those relationships, that they would point to you, that you would be the lift of their head, and that there would be great reports of salvation, great reports of new friendships, great reports of encouragement, because your body is stretched across this world to lift your name. And so, Father, we just pray for all of the details, for all of the expense, for everything that needs to take place, that you would give great confidence, that your Holy Spirit would not only move, but it would overflow in a very special way. And that this church would be a church of prayer for those that are sent, but that we too might be sent. So, Jesus, we thank you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much. And uh, we do uh, thank you for your continued prayers. And as we pray, we just think of um, God's faithfulness to us. Uh, I did uh, receive a text message from Joe Wood. Some of you might remember Joe. This was um, a couple that attended the church. He, too, had colon cancer uh, during the time or as Bethany was finishing her treatment. Um, Joe shared with me that it, his colon cancer has returned and uh, some of the um, decisions they're making are a lot different than what Bethany and I have had to make. So just be praying for Joe and his wife, Michelle. Um, at our life group on Wednesday, several shared many prayer requests of health needs, of great concern, of loss of life as a 21-year-old uh, from Hazen Union Athletic Director uh, took his own life. And um, another 14-year-old that we uh, know the family of um, lost his life, and we just want to pray and ask God somehow in this chaos just to um, to be to be known and received. And so there are several prayer requests, but um, we can make it through. There are times when we want to give up, but God is with us. So we say, Jesus, thank you that you are with us, that you are for us. We thank you that in the middle of hurt, in the middle of sorrow, in such brokenness and loneliness. You can make us whole and complete. So, Father, for those that are struggling, for those relatives and friends of ours that are going through times of questioning you, of not even wanting to believe you are there, may we as believers be used of you to be that answer, to show up with a gift card or a smile or food or a prayer that we might extend our hand and show your love. We thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, amen. And we do thank you for your continued giving of, through tithes and offerings, sh- through sharing of different messages. And um, we're just grateful to be a part of a local church that reaches out. The state guests that uh, have been re- staying in local hotels, we were told that the ones we've been working with through the hygiene pantry, they are remaining this winter so we can still reach out in that way. So we do have some items in the hygiene pantry. We're going to try to compile a list for this winter of things that we're low on or things that are needed. And uh, you could be preparing for that as well. Um, and the international workers that work with me at one of the resorts in Stowe, we tried to do a service for them but it really never had traction. And so now we have approval from the HR department to provide every international with a welcome bag. And so we're just going to use the hygiene pantry to resource. We'll probably throw in like one of the notebooks that has the church name, but just something to be an encouragement. And be praying because there is a young man that uh, works up at Top Notch, and this guy is huge. He's uh, 24 years old, 6'5", just huge. He wanted to work out the other day. It's like, yeah, let's work out. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of weight. Like, you're on your own. So I went uh, to the opposite side of the gym. But he wanted to come to church. And he said, well, I have Tuesday off. And I'm like, well, we don't have church on Tuesday, but we can hang out. And uh, he actually has Sunday morning. He's requested Sunday mornings off, but he does not have transportation. And so be praying. Maybe it's somebody that drives by or just be praying like some people that want to attend, but don't have the means. Like, I'd love for them to attend because there are others that don't want to attend, so they don't attend. So the ones that want to attend but can't attend, it'd be great if they did. But um, I think you know what I'm saying. But we are uh, very fortunate to be able to help and reach out in many ways in our um, community and thankful uh, for your help and obedience in giving through tithes and offerings. But um, last week, we talked about four words. We talked about turn, talked about talked about and talked about and jay she was great it was awesome having jay and kiana uh last week and jay was just saying like dad what you were saying about being blessed at the end were you saying it's better to receive the blessing from god than try to give something i was like yes i don't know if i said it that way but yes it is what we are supposed to do is to receive the blessing that god has for us instead of always like looking like what do i need to do Because faith without works is dead, but we can only give from what we've received from God, not of our own selfish ambition, which we are going to speak of this week. We start a new chapter. This is Acts chapter 4. So we're finally out of Acts chapter 3. So Acts chapter 4 verse 1 says, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. This made me pause for a moment. Peter and John were speaking to the people. This is Luke telling his friend Theophilus about Peter and John. Have you ever had a story that you wanted to share with a friend of somebody that you were with? Let me kind of back up a little bit that as I was playing basketball with some buddies, we were just reminiscing about the good old days. And I was telling a story about my brother. We were playing against... uh, Claremont Christian School in Claremont, New Hampshire, and my brother had a breakaway, and if the rim is here, 
I'm over here and my brother has the ball and he's dribbling the ball and he had a breakaway. Nobody was in front of him. Somebody was kind of chasing him down and I was just behind him. And I was remember watching and I was sharing this story about my brother who was a senior in high school and we're at this Christian school tournament, Claremont, New Hampshire, and my brother is going down and I'm just trailing the play and I remember my brother's dunk. First and only dunk he ever had in high school basketball in a game, he dunked it. And I was sharing this story about, man, I remember it was so much fun. My brother, I could never dunk, but my brother, like he was a thousand point scorer. My brother was older. I looked up to him. My brother was a role model. I thought he was like really cool. And I'm just telling this story to a friend about something that took place 25 years ago or more. Like, I don't even know like when it was, but it was a long time ago, but I'm telling the story with such excitement because I remember it was my brother's first and only in-game dunk. And I'm telling this story to a friend because it still brought me such great joy and excitement. And Dr. Luke is telling his friend Theophilus about Peter and John, man, you got to hear this story. Like, I know we've been on it for a, a few chapters, but you need to hear what happened to them. He was excited to share about his friends, and we too can be excited about those we've learned from, those that we're walking with, those that we are investing in. We are not to be walking alone. We are not just to uh, keep everything to ourselves or feel so isolated, but tell stories about those that you've learned from that you're walking with, that you're investing in, encourage one another with God's goodness. But they were confronted by priests and the captain of the temple guard. This caused pause. I actually had to do a little research, which is good for a pastor to do some research. You just can't play golf and go out to eat the whole time. So I had to do a little research because the priests, well, those are like the religious people, you know, the priests. And then the Sadducees, they're kind of like the religious people that were a little bit off. I'll just put it that way. But the, the captain of the temple guard, I was like, whoa, if the captain of the state police came in with the religious leaders, like I'd say, like, you guys are in cahoots together. Like, what's taking place? Like, what's going on behind the scenes? Why Why are you here? But the temple guard, it is the temple, like the religious institution temple, and the guard of it. So he was kind of, he was more than a... Um, I have to be careful because maybe we have some security guards or those watching online. Maybe you are. But it was more than like a department store security guard, but it wasn't like the full-fledged FBI. But it did have something to do with authority within the temple and within the, the culture. So they showed up with like, with like a big group of people to say, hey, Peter and John, we, we need to talk. Like, this is a serious matter. This is not like I'm going to send you to the guidance counselor or the assistant principal. This is like the principal, the supervisory union superintendent. Is that what they're called? Like the whoever. This is all of them are coming together to confront them. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there's a resurrection of the dead. I think I have this slide. A disturbed confrontation led to Peter and John being arrested. These people were disturbed by what Peter and John were doing, so there was a confrontation. We kind of get that. People were disturbed by what God was doing, so that led to a confrontation. Well, God never gives you more than you can handle. God always provides a way out. God knew about this day before you were even born. So it doesn't matter if you're confronted. Everything is going to turn out swell and nice and good. Or you can be 
arrested and put in jail and then what happened to my rights i thought we lived in america i thought we had freedom of speech i thought we had the right to do this and a disturbed confrontation led to those following jesus to be arrested i just want to go back they arrested them and since it was already evening they put them in jail until the morning then they had a meeting how would you have spent that night in jail yeah, so you can't go anywhere, so you might as well like take a nap. Like that's how I see part of it. But then you realize like the jails were more like dungeons and they were like lower. And then the sewage was kind of running through a lot of the jail cells and just the smell and the cold and dampness from being underground. How would you be spending that night in jail knowing that God just healed, used you to see and watch and have a crippled man heal? And you're so excited about what God is doing and the message that you have, that you are giving a message of hope, that you're trying to help tell people that there's healing, that there's freedom. And then you are confronted to the point that you are arrested. How are you spending that night in jail? Maybe because of their perspective. Well, many of the people who heard their message believed. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000, just like the feeding of the 5,000, who now we've heard over and over. But when we were a kid, it was just 5,000 people. Well, the Bible, I say this very accurately, the Bible is not sexist, but ancient writing was very sexist that only men were noted. So if you look at ancient writings, it was the men that were counted because that's all that mattered back in that day. They just counted the men. But if you extrapolate, is that the right word? If you go with it, it's the men, the wives, the children. So this 5,000 believe, that's just the men. That's not the wives. That's not the kids. And we all know that it's the kids and the wives that get it first anyway when it comes to Jesus. So the men are a little slow in the draw. So there's probably a lot more than that. But these were the ones that had been uh, those believing in the message, perhaps Peter and John spent that night celebrating those that had come to the Lord while they were in jail instead of saying, look at me, I was trying to follow Jesus and now I'm in a dungeon. I think sermons need to have like practical application. And the practical application seems simple to me is if somebody said, Jeff, you need to go to jail because you're a pastor, I don't know if I'd be like, yay, I've had, well, eight years here and then like seven years, I think, seven years as a youth pastor. So I've had like 15 years of ministry where God's used me to reach people's lives, where I've got to present the gospel, where I get to pay, I get paid to read the Bible. And look, God used me in this way. Like, this is awesome because of my uh, 15 years, then it's been counted worthy that I need to suffer or would I be like, are you kidding me? Like 15 years of just trying to do the right thing and it lands me in jail? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm trying to follow God and now I'm just alone. I'm just broken. I'm just... Well, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. Uh, relatives of the high priest, I find that amusing. Read the Bible with all five senses and just read that. It's not like religious leaders, it's all the relatives. Like if your uh, relative knows like a big name and you have a chance to meet the big name or have a picture with the big name, then maybe you're like tempted, like, 
I might be like, hey, can I get on on that? Like you have like that special person coming over. So they all were trying to get in on what was taking place. They brought in the two disciples and demanded by what power or in whose name have you done this? Done what? healing of the crippled man, seeing God move in his life, having a testimony of this guy used to beg for money, but now he's just sharing, God forgave me of my sins and he healed my body. And this is something I can't explain. It wasn't medicine. It wasn't politicians. It wasn't education. It was just something supernatural. It was a holy thing that took place. By what power or in whose name are you doing these things? When you, if perhaps, hopefully not, you're in prison for your faith. Are you thinking, man, what a joy it is to honor God and just serve God? Or is it, man, God, you really let me down because don't you know who I am? Don't you know my background? Don't you know my gifts? I was speaking with a friend the other day and he said, yeah, if I could do anything uh, besides being a pastor, I think I could make a lot of money. And this guy, he is, he's very talented. He's very likable. He's very smart. And he's like, but I'm here like serving people and I'm not in an investment firm or whatever where I could be making money. And, and it was just interesting how do we understand that our power comes from Jesus or do we still think, well, it comes from God, but I, I've done a lot of good too. Like, I, I still passed those tests. I still met the right people. I still put on a smile and shook those hands with those influential people. Like, I know it's God, but I, I still did it. By way, what power? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders. But then Peter, read this next line with me out loud. Then Peter. Once more, then Peter. Then Peter, when there is a disturbed confrontation, how many times are we tempted to act or react? Not filled with the Holy Spirit, but because we have a right and I need to defend myself right now because you have it wrong. When sometimes, because frankly, we are in God and God is in us, but sometimes we are not at the point where we are filled with the Holy Spirit because there's something blocking his power in us that it is better to close your mouth than say something you shouldn't. I was at a place uh, this past week and there was a conversation taking place and oh, you know me, like I wanted to engage in that conversation. I wanted to so bad just jump in, but anyway, I didn't, but the conversation was, you know those religious right? Yeah, this election, I can't believe that they hate those transgender neighbors of theirs. Like, what does it matter to the religious right if their neighbors are transgender? Why can't they just love them? Why do they hate them so much? And I'm here, of course, eating. And I'm listening and like, oh. And, it, and then I'm just eating. Then I hear the conversation and... I don't know if I was or wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, but I just felt as though if I would have engaged in that conversation taking place, it would not have been helpful or beneficial. And there are times when we just want to say, well, we have to vote and you should vote. If you're registered to vote, you need I, you should vote. 
But it does not matter as much, according to the Bible, you can blame me, but according to the Bible, how you vote. It matters how you live. If we just say, hey, I voted, throw my hands up, can't do anything about it, or I voted, either the person you voted for won or lost, is it going to change how you live, how you love Jesus, how you reach out to others? Are we being confronted, disturbed situations where we know that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need to respond appropriately? And it's not us responding, but it's God in us filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm a Christian, so of course I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I shared with several a uh, sermon I just heard about pressing on, and I loved how he said that too many Christians are just satisfied with being justified. They're satisfied by God saying, just as you never sinned, you've received my salvation. You've been in a place where I've forgiven you. You know the hope is in you, but we're satisfied with simply being justified when God calls us to mature in him, that we might live righteously, that we might reach out and people would see something different, filled well, Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And people are like, ah, don't be drunk. That's where it says it. Well, yes, that's where it says it. But it says, be filled instead with the Holy Spirit. If you got drunk with wine, I'm assuming that you're teetotalers. No offense to my parents, but I grew up a teetotaler. I just, I'm assuming that if you get drunk, you aren't like drunk forever like maybe if you had like a bender is that what they call it like maybe you're hung over for a few days but you once you're drunk eventually you get over from being drunk so to to be drunk again you have to drink again you have to fill your body again you have to take that consumption again but scripture is saying be filled over and over with the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit's power. This is a section in Ephesians. Let me read it. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name. Whose name? Whose power? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. To be filled, whether it's to be drunk with wine and you fill, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is repeatedly being filled. You are refilled. You are to the point of overflowing. It's not just, hey, Peter was filled this one time with Jesus, and so now he had enough Jesus to last the rest of the days. So that's why it's so important in this scripture, when it says Peter began to talk, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, then he responded. Now, of course, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was an apostle. He was called of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He denied Jesus. Jesus restored him. Of course, no, Jesus called Peter as he calls us to be repeatedly being Filled, repeatedly being filled. It's not a double negative, but it's a double something. It's uh, just constantly over and over, repeatedly being filled, refilled to the point that we're overflowing. Because sometimes, Christians, we pour out. If I would have engaged in that conversation, hopefully God would have used it. If my heart was right, but I would have poured out. And sometimes we pour out when, like, God doesn't call us to engage or be a part, and we aren't filled, but we just pour out. 
And then we go home and then like, because we poured out all day in situations where God didn't call us to be a part of, we go home and we have conversations with our spouses or with our children or other people. We're <clears throat> so, well, we poured out in places we didn't need to be. And then when God needs us, when we go to pour out, there's nothing left. And then there's a lack of credibility and a lack of character and kids and family say, wait, and I thought you loved Jesus. I thought you believed in God and you are not acting Christ-like at all. And this is why it's so important that we are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, responded. Called us, are we continually being filled with the Holy Spirit so we can respond in appropriate ways? Or do we have a default of responding to this is how I grew up, this is my education, this is my right, this is what the law says, this is my duty, this is, or is it because of Jesus I can respond? Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? What if our reputation when we were questioned was because we did something good? The response, Peter said, wait, are you questioning me for helping somebody that was crippled? What if somebody accused you and said, and we could respond like, wait, wait, wait. Are you upset because we gave money to the poor? Are you upset because we spent time Instead of a Bible study, but on this specific occasion with somebody that was suicidal, are you upset because we put ourselves in a position where we could be God's hands and feet? We could show God's love in a practical way. Are you upset because we're actually just showing the truth of Jesus in real practical ways? Do you want to know how he was healed? Are you upset because this is contrary to your belief? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. The real question is not, are you upset because we healed this guy? The real question is, why are you mad? Because faith in Jesus takes us in a different direction than what the religious laws state should happen. Well, you know, as a Christian, Jeff, you should vote for this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, maybe. But even more, as a Christian, not only vote, but live in a way that people don't say, aren't you a Christian that voted that way? What if they said, wait, aren't you a Christian that lived differently, that loved with open hands? that cared for those that disagreed with you, that reached across the aisle, that embraced those that were dirty, that just you cared more? What if that could be said about us? That'd be exciting days. And voting, man, every th time I, sports, like I love sports, but it talks about voting in the election, uh, whatever it is, like there's always something ads on TV, like, and it's, it's not bad, but it takes away from us being filled with the Holy Spirit so we can respond correctly. And politics, I mean, that's just for me, because it's the season. We could talk about anything you want to talk about. You want to talk about materialism? Like there's Christmas trees up already at Walmart. I'm like, and Beth is like, what are you doing in Walmart? It's like, I don't know. I had to get a snack. But there's Christmas trees up already. And I just don't like, why are we so, 
when I think so much would be better if we were filled with the Holy Spirit and we spoke of his resurrection and that he cares about our lives enough that we might have life through the power of his name. Not our own education, not our own background, but as we are constantly filled with him. And as I close, I just think of being filled with the presence of God. It is emotional. There's nothing wrong with emotions. God created us with emotions. When we start seeking that emotion, that becomes emotionalism. And be very uh, concerned because you're no better than those that are addicted or those that just have this attachment that they can't let go. And we don't seek out the emotions, but we seek out the God that cares about everything we are dealing with and going through, that we can have a clear mind, that we can have a new heart, that we can have joy as we walk in him and for him. And so maybe you are not to the point of overflowing. Maybe you are to the point of feeling half empty or man, your uh, Holy Spirit gauge, that sounds weird, but your Holy Spirit gauge is like really low and you need God to do something. He wants to do that. It's not like, God, I need to beg you to fill me up. That's why he's here. That's why we gather so we can encourage one another in such things. So let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this guy that we have been saved, healed by only the powerful name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. Jesus himself. Not just a name, but the God-man. Completely God, completely man, Jesus. Not just the name of Jesus, but who that name represents he is for us, and He is with us. Won't you just stand as we close in prayer? I'm just going to ask uh, that you just close your eyes and bow your heads as out of respect for those around. But if you would say, you know, my, my love tank for Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, like I'm running low. I'm just running low, and when I... Uh, hear a disturbed confrontation. I just engage, and it's not because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's, I think I have something to say. Help me to be filled with the Holy Spirit that I would speak His truth, His words. If there's anyone that would just say, hey, Pastor, this morning, won't you just pray for me? Just slip up your hand and put it down, and um, we just want to pray that God would continually be filling us, filling us. Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much that you don't want us running on empty. And God, you do call us at times in specific situations to engage in conversations that are confrontational, but that you might be seen. So temper our lips and may we guard our mouth and be filled with you that when we speak and engage, people would know by our track record that we love you and you love people and we are trying to be like you. That people would hear not our words, but the presence of your spirit on their lives that say that you care, that you give hope, that you desire to help. And that when people are fearful of that message, they would understand that your per perfect love drives out all fear. 
Jesus, we thank you because you are good. We thank you we can confess before you how much we need you, and you are quick to fill us up. We love you, Father, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. You are dismissed.